Hey, folks, Tom Block. Keith Jones. You know us from Front Row Knowles, at least hopefully you do. We're here to talk about the Dunlap Champions Club once again. Spring football game is coming up, KJ, and these two items are related. If you've never been in the Champions Club, or if you have and you want to go back, here's your opportunity to watch the spring game in comfort and style. Great chance to test drive. They've already got about, I think, 4,000 tickets sold for this, and only roughly 20 or 25% are regular Champions Club season so ticket holders. People. So it's a lot of new folks that are sampling it. Uh, the price will include uh, all your food, non-alcoholic beverages. I guess I should share the price. 55 bucks general public, 45 bucks for UC Club members and Seminole Booster members, $40 if you're already a Champions Club seat holder. And it also includes? The concert. The concert. That's right. I was wondering. I was looking at what does it also include. I thought maybe you were hanging out there during the game. It also includes the concert. Uh, general admission seating this time around, so don't think that you got shut out of the best seat. Call 644. Go grab it. You can go grab your own seat. Yeah, first come, first serve. Call 644-1830 or get your tickets at Seminoles.com. Broadcasting live from the Prime Meridian Bank Studios in the capital city of Tallahassee, this is Front Row Knowles with Tom Block and Keith Jones. Front Row Knowles is brought to you by Cornerstone Tool and Fastener, online at ctf.nu. Now, here's Tom and Keith. Hello, everybody. Tom and KJ back. It is that time of week once more. Front Row Knowles is here. Keith, good to see you. Good to be seen. How does it feel to not live out of a suitcase? Uh, it's been a great uh, reacclimation to my house. I've, I've fallen back in love with my mattress again. There you go. Any thoughts to wrap up the basketball season now that the Final Four is in the books and Villanova absolutely spanked everybody in its path and reached another championship? Without question, I think they proved that at least for those six games, they were the best team in the country, so there's no argument there. I I do think it would have been nice, uh, and I think we talked about this previously, that if Florida State, by losing to Michigan, if Michigan had won, then both programs, the men and the women's, could say they lost to the national champion. Uh, that would have been nice. And I think uh, maybe the concluding thing is, uh, and it's been a while, but uh, Florida State finishes the final poll poll, uh, in the top 20, finishes, I believe, number 18 in one of them. And uh, it just kind of concludes a very, very eventful and very um, uh, enjoyable men's basketball season. What do you think about the number 18 ranking? Uh, it's probably, uh, well, you can't say it's a little low cause you want to go lower, but I, I mean, I think Florida state should have been in the top 15, the top 12, but I'll take 18. It's interesting to me because it's indicative of the whole season and Correct. from a whole season body of work standpoint, that's probably fair, but I'm pretty sure, for example, when you look at baseball, if you make it to Omaha, you're one of the top eight, even if you were the 24th and I think nine times out of ten, those eight finish in the top eight in the rankings by virtue of the fact that you actually have a, you finished first, you finished second, tied for third, tied, you know. Just thought that was a little interesting. They don't do it that way in the basketballs. It probably is. If you look at the 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 body of work, and Phil Kofer actually tweeted something kind of questioning the ranking, which is fine, but I thought, well, win some of those games that you can, you, let, you can control that you, a little you bit. You can control that a little bit if you're more consistent instead of 9-9 nine and nine in the regular season, you're, you know, you're 12 or 13 what do you think about What do you think about the, uh, the uh, conversation that's been going of late that you know, after the first weekend we should recede and after the second weekend we should recede or when you get to the Final Four, you should recede the teams to reward those that have the higher seed and, and penalize those that don't or whatever. What do you think about that? 
I hadn't heard much of that conversation, but related to the basketball tournament, I'm not in favor. I think it's a pretty doggone good, entertaining basketball tournament as is right what, now. What is it? What is it? If it ain't broke, don't don't fix it. I would say, and I didn't watch any of the NIT. This is the great thing about being in the NCAA tournament, among other things. I don't have to watch the NIT. Years when FSU's in the NIT, we embrace it. Let's watch the NIT. But they continue to experiment with these rules changes. We haven't talked about this in a year, but I'm still in favor of eliminating halves and playing quarters in men's basketball they do this in the women's game they do this in every organized sport of basketball worldwide except for men's college basketball well that was one of three changes that they proposed that they implemented and tested in the nit the second one was they moved the three-point line back what a foot something they moved like it that. back to mary uh, and then it's the same as the international and then secondly they went with the expanded um lane opening up the lane so you get the bigs out of there a little more, a little more three-second calls, create a little more space in there. Uh, I haven't read anything about what whoever they are, what they determined the outcome and what did they learn by doing it, but I know that those uh, rule changes were implemented. And they've done it for a couple of years. I'm not as strongly in favor of number two and three as I am number one. Mainly, and then we can move on to football because this has been an enjoyable march, Keith. We've started the show with basketball, I think, every week. Mainly because what it does is when the fouls get out of hand, the officials, and even though they'll say that they don't do this, when they go into the halftime locker room and there's 12 fouls on one team on three on the other, what happens in the second half? Now Some, Somehow it miraculously gets reversed. Right. Except with that one game where whoever got thrown out when there were 40 fouls on one team and four on the other, or whatever that game was. But generally speaking, it gets reversed. And if you go to quarters, it allows them to reset the counter halfway through the half so that you're not shoot. The other team isn't shooting the bonus against you for 12 minutes. And the recount, the, the foul count, rather, was proposed and implemented at five each quarter. Yeah. Once you get over five, then you're into some kind of bonus. We're getting into the weeds on this now. Let's go. Moving to, along. Let's go to football. Okay. The big news today Bobby Bowden was back at practice. Willie said he'd save him a parking spot. He said he would get him a golf cart. And Bobby. After practice, said he he was right. He didn't not only that, not only that, not only that, he got me an umbrella. <laughs> it's good to see Coach Bowden back in the mix. This is not news to anybody who's followed the program at all over the last couple of months. Willie Taggart embraces Florida State that he grew up on, which is when Florida State became a national brand name in the dynasty days. Uh, there's an article in the in the Democrat, uh, I believe, a three part article. First, I think was today, maybe yesterday. I read it today talking about an interview that um, uh, the two uh, yeah, Democrat Kurt, writers Kurt and Wayne, yeah. Yeah, Wayne, had with uh, with Willie in his office. And uh, there was a segment in there. I read the answer to it, and almost tears came to my eyes because he talked about growing up watching Casey Weldon, and Amp Lee was one of his favorite players, uh, and that this one of the closing lines, the way uh, it was written, is that this is Coach Bowden's program. That, that was the closing line of one of his answers. This is Coach Bowden's program. So he's welcome here anytime. I want him looking over my shoulder. I want him pointing things out to me. I want him to give me his input. And uh, that was very refreshing. I do want to throw out there in this era of Willie's doing everything right and Jimbo did everything wrong that people have seemed to have landed on, that in relation to this point in particular, Bobby was bitter when he left Florida State. And so he was not inclined to come back at that time. And he also, for years and years, as we all know, had said that he never wanted to be the guy over uh, looking over the shoulder of the successor. Because what had happened to him when he arrived here in 76. Right. So now, 
had Jimbo gone to his house once a week, and not that Willie's gone once a week, and, and really said, don't worry about that, come on, I still think Bobby wouldn't have come back to the university, uh, certainly in the short term, because he was upset about the way it ended. And we don't know, need to go down that road again. But I'm just throwing that out there because we, you know, it, it, nobody wants to lie in the middle because social media doesn't land that way. You're not allowed. There not, is no middle. There, there is no middle. I just wanted to point that out. Okay, so and I think that's a very good point, and I echo it. The other news today is that Marvin Austin uh, is out. Marvin Austin, Marvin Wilson. I've had this. I've had this brain fart from the kid at North Carolina a couple years ago, and I continue to have it now. So Marvin Wilson for Florida State. That's one for me. What's your score at? I, I, I got nothing. I'm got just nothing. laughing at you. <laughs> anyway, he's out for the spring. Torn MCL. The good news is it's not a torn ACL, so he'll be fine for the fall. This comes on the heels of Nooney being out with a knee injury. And we believe his was a meniscus, but we can't remember because we're old. I didn't go back to look it up. I never get that excited about spring. People are excited about spring. People get excited about going to practice. It's not the same as a game situation. You don't know exactly what the coaches are trying to see or focus on in a particular drill. So you can draw a conclusion that that was a great play by somebody when in reality the coaches may be looking at the footwork and deem that it wasn't a great play. Well, here's where I would disagree with you. Pardon me. Here's where I disagree with you. You're wrong. I want to see Florida State players. I want to see Florida State players in Florida State uniforms in a hurry-up offense. Because we just haven't seen that. And I want to see a defense that is used to going up against a hurry-up offense able to effectively substitute and get lined up, get calls. I want to see what that looks like on on our field with our players in our uniforms. I agree. And you and I have talked about it. I'm as excited to see if the defense performs better against these tempo offenses because it sees it every day. I'm as excited about that as seeing how the offense looks. One thing I haven't heard folks talk about, and I don't really know how much of this is going on, but you and I were at the ACC kickoff a couple of years ago, and it does happen. And I don't remember if it was with the late Doug Rhodes or if it was with the current director of officiating. But the conversation was in relation to teams that go tempo that will run a play into their sideline. And the officials can't tell. Everything gets caught up in the wash. And so picture a bubble screen, trips right. You run it to the right and you have a three receiver set. And And you were on the right hash when you're in it. And everybody ends up in your sideline. And unbeknownst to the officials, you've just changed personnel groups. And now you've got more tight ends or backs in there. But the defense didn't notice it. The officials didn't notice it. It's maybe you'd call it gamesmanship. Maybe you'd just call it flat out rule breaking. But this happens with tempo offenses because the ACC at its officiating meeting was talking about it. I'm, I'm wondering if Florida does Willie Taggart go to that extent. Well, and again, remind our listeners, the rule says that if the offense makes a personnel change, you have to give the defense the opportunity to make the change. When you run that play into the short side and you're on that side of the field, you have to give the extra seconds that are required for defensive players to get off the field and new defensive players to get on the field. In other words, you have to hold the ball 6-8 count. Maybe 10, depending on the circumstances. Well, and that's why you see the official over the ball exactly. sometimes let the defense So the up. point being, are teams intentionally gaming that by running into the short field and taking advantage of making changes that the officials don't recognize? The silly statement I would make, I've not seen it happen. I've not seen opposing coaches talk about it a lot. Well, opposing coaches would holler because they would you know. Exactly. So, but the first step 
in analyzing any, any situation is recognizing that there is a situation. So the mere fact that the AC was talking about it and will continue to talk about it may be the first step in keeping it from being an issue. And maybe to disguise it, you don't really change personnel groups, but you change that third receiver to somebody else, you know, to the one who was a high school quarterback and can throw a pass. It's interesting. Yeah, who knows? I mean, that's that's a side note. There's a lot to be excited about with this Florida State offense, and that's probably not one of the things. I, I am excited about seeing what it looks like and seeing how – Coach Taggart and the team and the, the coaches use all the, the parts and pieces. I, I want us to do they use signs? Do they use faces? Do they have three guys lined up? They in were a row? talking about like that. The three monkeys. I, see, I hear no evil, see no evil. <laughs> Who gets the signals in? They were talking about that on Wake Up War Chant this morning. And basically, nobody knows for sure. There's been some indication they might be using the cards, but maybe not. So I don't think we know. It's a whole new world, Tommy. It is a whole new world indeed, and we have spring football to whet our appetite for the football season, and that is coming up soon. You know what else is coming up uh, soon, KJ? I'm, I'm assuming it has something to do with our good friends. It does. So first of all, uh, a couple of events to get on the radar. This Sunday, and Madison Social, the brainchild behind this, is the uh, the Tallahassee Coffee Festival, and they've got Lucky Goat, Catalina, Red Eye all involved. So if uh, caffeinating is your uh, guilty pleasure, go to TallahasseeCoffeeFestival.com. If you say the heck with the caffeine, I want the hard stuff. The Tallahassee Beer Mile is back on April 21st, and this entails basically stopping at one of the local breweries, having a beer, and then proceeding to jog and then doing it again, which doesn't seem like a good idea. But nevertheless, lots of people will participate. Do we have the beer football field? I don't know. Because 100 yards would be about my max. Well, we'll ask. We'll talk to Matt about that. But here's what I really wanted to point out. We don't talk about Township a ton, but they're part of this For the Table group, too. And you're not on social media. I think I should do this. I should pull a tweet every week and read it to you just so you could experience Twitter. This one's for the For the Table group. Holy mother of beer cheese and Bradley sausage. The April taco of the month at Township is Bradley sausage, scrambled eggs, beer cheese, and scallions. Hmm. All month Hmm. at Township. And this concludes me reading a tweet to Keith Jones. Front Row Knowles continues after this. Front Row Knowles on 97.9 ESPN Radio is presented by Hobson Chevrolet of Cairo, Georgia. Get your best deal the Hobson way. Now, back to Tom and Keith. Back on Front Row Knowles, Tom and KJ with you. We're going to fire up that Earl Bacon Agency hotline, the Earl Bacon Agency, ensuring your future together. And we are pleased and privileged to bring a Florida State legend to the program right now who's been in the news of late for a great reason. P-Dub, Peter Warwick joins us. How are you, sir? I'm fine. How are you doing? We are great. And congratulations are in order for you. So what was your initial reaction when you got the word last week or whenever it came that Florida State was set to retire your Florida State jersey? Honestly, I couldn't believe it. Like, it, it, it came as a total surprise. Like, I really didn't know. You know, I talked to Coach Taggart, and he was like, ask me, can I be at practice, and can I come down? I was like, yeah, I'll come down. 
And when I get down there and this, then they let me know that 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 great news, because that's what it was. <laughs> great news. I was just, I just thank God, you know, and it was a blessing for me. And as you reflect on it, as you reflect on it, Peter, because you know the guys, the elite company you're with right now, what does that mean to you? You said what now? I'm sorry. I said as you reflect on it, as you reflect on it, knowing the the company that the the, the exclusive group, the short list that of of guys that have had their jerseys retired, uh, what what does that mean to you? To me, it was just. It's an honor to be amongst those guys. You know, Charlie Wars, the Chris Winkie, Ward Dunn, Terrell Buckley, Deion Sanders, Simmons, and Sellers, and Derrick Brooks. I mean, it's just a great honor, man. And I'm just honored to be in, 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 in a class with those guys. Do we know which game we're going to do the ceremony yet, or is that still being worked out? Um... I don't know. I, I I hope it's the Virginia Tech game, the first game of the year. But well, how fitting? How like fitting it. would that be, Pete? I, I'm, I'm just trying, I'm trying to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to suggest I've been lobbying for that ever since that game moved to Monday night to say this would this would be the time to do it. So we'll see. I, I don't know if uh, that's yeah. official or what. Well, and I'll tell you, but one of one of the highlights, uh, Pete, of my broadcast career uh, uh-huh. is is '99. The Sugar Bowl. Uh, we were taping some stuff for Sun Sports, Sunshine Network, and and after the game, we were in the locker room and and we were getting stuff on tape. And and the last four people to walk out of the locker room after that '99 championship game were were Peter Warwick and Chris Winkie, and Keith Jones and Paul Kennedy. And I, and I, I never will forget. I got I got my comeuppance because you two got in a van and they took you back to the team hotel. And Kennedy and I had to walk back to Bourbon Street. <laughs> <laughs> Pete, that was a great time. I'm sure that that's at the top of your list of oh, most yeah. memorable moments at FSU. But there were a lot of them. I mean, fans would point to. We could pick right. any game, really. But I mean, there was that crazy run against Louisiana Tech. There was yeah. the '98 game against Florida, where Marquand Manuel missed the interception, and you end up catching it, and it really turns the tide in that game. There was that game yeah. at Clemson when every time you touched the ball, it was an 80-yard touchdown. Uh, <laughs> so, I, I mean, I, I'll give you a pass, I guess, because the obvious answer is that championship game. So, outside of that, what's your most memorable moment at FSU? Hey, I was telling a reporter last week. He was like, "What was the most memorable moment for you?" I say, for me, honestly, it was. When I came out in the national championship game, I didn't know what I was going to do. And every time I look on, like, YouTube, I see me walking out the tunnel. And that was just that was just my way of letting everybody in the world know that there's no way I'm going to lose this game. I had just lost the year before against Tennessee. I'm definitely not about to let that happen again. So that was that was a great moment for me. Well, it was a great moment for for Florida State too. The way that ner- uh, that night went. One of the yes, things, one, one of the things that came out. We're talking with Peter Warwick, folks. Who, uh, if you don't recognize the voice, Florida State legend, and he's having his jersey retired later this year. Uh, social media last week after news came out, LeBron James tweeted, "The reason I wore number nine in high school was Peter Warwick." So I, you know how that make me feel. <laughs> well, that's the, that's that's the question. How's it make you feel? Yeah. Oh man, that made me feel like I was somebody. You know, I asked my family all the time. I was like, 
was I really that good at Florida State? It was like, Pete, you really was that good. You know, I I mean, I just went out there and just played football, you know, and I was just having fun. And that that's what it was all about. Then when I seen that LeBron had tweeted that, first thing came to my mind was, I got to get him to come to the retirement game. Now, I, I got to find a way to make it happen. Do you know him? No, I don't. I wasn't. But I know, but but you know, I do know. When I was in Cincinnati, when I was in Cincinnati, he wanted to um he wanted to exchange jerseys with me. But I never got an opportunity because I left Cincinnati and went to Seattle. Well, I, so. I know you know this, Pete. But here here's your chance. You can you can let LeBron, LeBron and his people know. That you're now ready to exchange jerseys, and yours is I'm retired, <laughs> and I'm sure I'm, I'm sure sometime in the future his will be as well. But you're exchanging oh, yeah. a retired jersey with him, and and, and I and I want him to have one, and I want his jersey too, and I want him to my I want him to that September third game Virginia Tech game. I want LeBron there. I like the way you, you I'm know. Gonna let the, I'm gonna let the world know this is what Peter Ward wants. Well, I think you just did because uh, the whole world listens to this show. At least Keith and I like to pretend that's the case. But it does get posted on the World Wide Web when we're finished, so we have that going for us. Just looking at the math, I I was wondering if there was some overlap because you were with the Bengals from 2000 to 2004, and that's when LeBron was coming out of high school, and I think his rookie year in Cleveland was 2003. But uh, the word word is out. We'll put this on social media. Please do. You've extended the invitation. So, so let me ask you about somebody else who, who I think you probably do know for a long time, and that's Coach Taggart, given that you guys are both from the Bradenton area. So when did you first meet him? I mean, how long have you guys had a relationship? Uh, I've known Willie Tiger since we was playing youth league football. You know, he was at uh, Palmetto Eagles, and I was playing with Manatee Broncos. And we've been playing against each other all our life, even though he's a little older, but we always – we always seem to play each other. Was he always this polished, Pete? I mean, he hasn't made a false step, said the wrong thing yet. Uh, that's just that just shows you what kind of person that he is, what kind of character that he has, what kind of man that he is, and you know, he always says the right thing, he always does the right thing, and you know, that's and that's just the plus, and that's the reason he's Florida State's, you know, head coach. So when you first met him, you said youth league. He grew up on Florida State. I don't even recall. Yeah. Uh, you obviously came to FSU, so I, I don't know if you grew up an FSU fan your whole life. But you, you better believe it. All right, all right, good answer. So did you guys? You know, were you hanging out, barbecuing, watching FSU together back before you got here to, to Tallahassee? <laughs> nah, we we wasn't doing that. You know, I I love Florida State because you know my mom loved Florida State, and she was she was going she wanted to go to Florida State, but she got pregnant with me. What? So that made me want to go even more. And then I started watching guys like Primetime, Charlie Ward. So the list goes on. And so that was that was my way. I mean, like when I was when I was in when I was in high school and I was going through the process of what school I was going to go to, I already knew that I was going to Florida State, and my friends knew too because I was loving Florida State since I was young. So. Everybody already knew I was going to Florida State, so it wasn't, I wasn't about to go out there and do no Gator Charm. I wasn't about to do the U. It was all about 
Florida State. Well, by all accounts, I would say it worked out well for both parties, FSU and Mr. Warwick. What do you think? <laughs> yes, sir. We're talking with Peter Warwick, and as we finish up, P-Dub, and along those lines of knowing Coach Taggart, I think you mentioned in the first part of the interview coming down here. You're in Atlanta now, for those who don't know. Are you, are you coaching at the high school level, or what are you up to these days? Yes, I'm coaching. I'm Max, the coach at Langston Hughes High School, the wide receiver coach. Okay. And did so you, that's what I'm doing. Did you have interest? I'm not sure if you'll disclose this. When Coach Taggart got hired, I mean, in trying to become an assistant here or trying to join his staff, or might that be something we see in the future? Hey, I'm just I'm – just, Telling them, telling the world, you know, it could happen one day. Yeah, could happen. Well, could happen. well, uh, you know, we'll we'll see how it plays out. Charlie Ward's back in town now. He's going to be coaching basketball at Florida High. I'm sure that oh, uh, yeah. I'm sure that folks would welcome you with uh, with open arms. Uh, congratulations to you, Pete. We, you, um, you, know, you know, one one thing I should point out. And I've done this on Twitter a few times. There's a lot uh, of guys that come back over the course of the season, and what I do. You know, I see some NFL guys, some former FSU guys back on the sideline. Uh, but but Peter Warwick is back to more games. I, I feel like I see you maybe four to five games a year. You're on the sideline. Yeah. And and I've I've watched you uh, and your reaction. And you are as excited and as th- enthusiastic about FSU doing well as the most passionate fan. And I always enjoy seeing that from former players. <laughs> you know, I love it. It's just. It's just the passion that I have. You know, every time I go to a Florida State game, it just puts chills in my arm. You know, it just it just makes me feel like I want to be out there. Knowing physically I can't be out there, but I don't know now. That. Wait a minute, Pete. You've come back for some spring games in the past, yeah. and uh, Brad Johnson and even Jimmy Jordan from my era have uh, slung yeah. a few balls down the field, and someone I know has been able to run down most of them. Now, let's be fair. Hey, look. I might not be able to move like I used to, but I'm going to catch it. <laughs> I'm definitely going to catch it. Uh, Mike, uh, are you going to be uh, participating in the flag you, football? You better believe it. You better believe it. Care to disclose yes. any of your uh, former Knowles that uh, might be playing as well? Well, I, I mean, I know that uh, uh, Snoop coming. I know, I know that Cole's coming. Uh, I think uh, Travis Minor is coming. I think Talvin Gardner is coming. It was just a list of guys. I don't want to keep telling y'all, you know. <laughs> Got to leave a little bit to the imagination, yeah. right? Yes, yes. All right. Hey, P-Dub, thank you. It's going to be a great time, man. It is. It's going to be a great time. It is. Thank you so much. Wa- Go ahead. No, I I'm sorry. Say, uh, I just want to say thanks to all the Florida State um, voters and the fans. You know, I love the fans. I love when I walk in Florida State in the building and they yell Peter Warwick I think that's like the best thing you know and I just enjoy that man I can't wait to hear it again well uh speaking for the fans they can't wait to yell it again I'm sure when you come back we'll see you soon Pete congratulations to you uh thank you and I appreciate that take care Pete Peter Warwick have a good day seminal legend you have a great day as well if you want to 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 quote coach Taggart right there (laughs) you know it, it occurred to me as he said that Keith Keith Jones. It doesn't have the same ring nope, to it. No, nope. that, gotta the, have that, two that, syllables. Yeah, that's so. That's why they don't yell. Warwick Dunn. Yeah, yeah. So you make two syllables out of the last name. We'll come back. Continue uh, on this wreck of a show that is front row Knowles right after this. <laughs>
Front Row Knowles is brought to you by Cornerstone Tool and Fastener. Online at ctf.nu. Here's Tom and Keith. Welcome back to the program. A special thanks to Peter Peter Warwick joining us last segment here on Front Row Knowles. And we will keep the Earl Bacon Agency uh, line busy. The Earl Bacon Agency, ensuring your future together. We say hello to our Seminoles.com insider, Tim Linnefeld. Tim, is your jersey going to be retired this fall as well? Are we just saving that announcement? Maybe or? a pin, well, a man, pin that you've used? They don't want to take any of the spotlight off of uh, Peter for this one, so I think they're going to wait a little while for me. Well, that's probably I understand. Yeah, that's probably smart. It makes sense. You don't sure. need to lump everything together. You'd hate for your, your work to overshadow his. Right, uh, right. What's your favorite Peter Warwick memory, by the way? Uh, mine's the Louisiana Tech one. Uh, I... Uh, yeah, it was on the uh, the highlight video I think that we posted last week, and just uh, I mean I, I remember being I was in the stadium for uh, for that game. I think I was in the eighth grade, and uh, so I remember being there and just sort of watching it happen and, and how cool that was. And then you know what's really awesome about that is if you um, if you go back, uh, there's video of it somewhere. But I was reading about it uh, going down memory lane uh, last week at, at Bobby Bowden's luncheon uh, the the week after that game. He describes the play, and it's just like the the classic Bobby Bowden. He's like, all right, so I told Peter, what you need to do is, you know, get the ball, then start running to the right, and there's going to be a guy there. Now cut back to your left, act like you're tripping and falling over, just doing, doing the whole thing play by play. I told him exactly what to do, and, and he was getting confused with it, but it worked out okay. Now, so, Tim, not to interrupt uh, you, not to interrupt you, but I did that. Is that right? I was sitting in that luncheon when Coach Bowden described the play, and I immediately walked out and called Jeff DeMoss, who's one of the associate producers at Sun Sports. And I told DeMoss, get with Seminole Productions, who was taping the Bowden luncheons, and pull that, pull that off, marry it to the video, and we aired it on Primetime Knowles the next week. Did you really? And it was to a T. I mean, Coach Bowden, had sit, Coach Bowden had sat down with, a, with the video machine and was running it back and forth, scripting his comments because they, they didn't have to edit anything. They started Coach Bowden's verbal. They started the video, and it matched up perfectly. It is absolutely unbelievable. Well, that but was it was, thing when but I, it was my idea. It. I'm the one that did that. Well, well, we uh, we all owe you a debt of gratitude because it is a it is a classic moment for sure. Quintessential uh, Coach Bowden, no doubt, without question. It yeah. makes me think of the post-game interview with Bobby Bowden after the Pondrewski game, yeah. where he stands up there, he turns around backwards like he's the center. He's trying to be Dane Williams. I just had him put the ball right here now. Anyway, this is a perfect segue that was unscripted because guess who was at practice today? You Dan? should know. You should know. So what was that like to see Coach Bowden back? Hey, you kidding me? It was awesome. Um, just really, really cool to uh, to have him there. You know, it's his first time there in eight years, which is, uh, you know, I guess you kind of know in the back of your mind that it's the first time in eight years. Um, but then when you actually see him there and see him on the practice, so see, you know, he'd been in the indoor practice facility for the first time, uh, ever, um, which is really, really cool. You know, and he sort of, he talked about that too. So he, he remembered in 2007, uh, going against Clemson, uh, on Memorial Day or not Memorial Day, Labor Day. And they, um, they didn't have a, uh, they, they weren't able to practice that week, uh, because it was raining all the, the whole week and then they couldn't practice and they went out and, uh, and lost the game. So he was pretty impressed to see the indoor and, uh, Obviously, really impressed that with, with what Coach Taggart's doing, and, and I think you know really kind of feels uh, welcome and appreciated. He sort of made mention of that, so it was uh, it was pretty special to see him out there, and then to see kind of the professional line, and then some of the current players coming up to, to shake his hand and meet him, and, and you know appreciate his presence there. It was uh, it was pretty cool to see. 
you know, we're entering that era where the current players, though they know his name, I mean, when you do the math and figure out how they old they were, certainly since Florida State's heyday, uh, I mean, they were born around the time that the dynasty was was ending, you know? So, uh, and and just it's hard to fathom that it's been eight years thinking about it, Tim. Oh, right. absolutely, for sure. The, the other news, uh, big news today, involved a defensive lineman who's out for the spring. So fill us in there on Big Marvin. Yeah, uh, sounds like uh, you know, Willie Tiger said this morning has a, a, a torn MCL, suffered in practice a couple days ago. Um, you know, it's it's not ideal. You'd you'd prefer to have him, uh, you know, out of, out of practice, obviously. Um, but uh, it sounds like as as far as it goes, that um, you know it could be worse. They uh, expect to have him back for uh, for the fall, not you know, not to miss the season or anything like that. Uh, it's just disappointing because you you, know, you like to see him take another step in his development. And you know, Willie Tiger said that he had been looking awesome during practices. Um, but also, you know, it's uh, it could be worse when, especially when you see, a, you know, a, a big man in a knee. Um, it's definitely better this way than than it could have been. Tim, I, I probably should have uh, asked you this uh, before we brought you on the air, but do we know yet? Have we heard uh, what the format for the spring game is going to be? Is it situational? Is it true game? Uh, do we have any of those kind of details out yet, or is it still a little too early? I think they're, they're still hammering it out, but my understanding is that it'll be as close to a, a full game simulation. Uh, as you can get, obviously, with different injuries and different spots on the depth chart, having you know more depth than others, there's some things that you have to do to kind of uh, you know to, to to work around it. You know, receiver being a position, obviously, first and foremost, where you might have to get a little bit creative. Uh, but uh, but I don't think it's going to be. I think it's going to. The intention is to have it resemble a game um, as much as you can. Okay, not to be the glass half empty guy, Tim, but I'm going to be that guy anyway because we do this thing when we see practice or we talk about spring. So and so look great. So and so look great. Everybody look great. And maybe you don't want to name a name, but based on what you've seen so far, maybe it's a position group. Who's behind? Who, who's not looking good right now? <laughs> that's a that's a tough uh, that's a tough question to answer. Uh, I, I gave you an out. You can you can mention a segment. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I I don't know. I. I uh, I'm probably going to disappoint you. Um, I mean, I think everybody looks all right. Status you know? quo is what you're saying, right? Yeah, well, but it's just, it's also just so early, so it's kind of hard to say, you know, it's hard to judge it. You know, it's hard to say who is and who isn't. Uh, yeah, man, I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm taking the fifth on that one. All right. Well, it is Seminoles.com, so. Yeah, hey, you know. There's other, there's other places that can tell you that sort of stuff, I'm sure. Will, uh, I'm, I'm not aware We'll uh, talk to baseball right now. Uh, the team playing Jacksonville tonight, uh, 50-year anniversary of uh, Martin Luther King's death, and, and Florida State's wearing Negro League appreciation hats. Fred Flowers is going to throw out the first pitch tonight. Uh, so that's that's not insignificant and, and good for Florida State for honoring Fred, who, if you don't know, is the first African-American student-athlete at FSU, and he was part of the baseball team in 1965. Um, I don't know if I left any de- – before I ask my, my next question, did I leave any details out about other – got the statue. Well, say again, he's, I, I he's think, in the diversity statue. He's in the integration yeah, statue. Integration statue in the, statue, in the center of campus. Yep, yeah. Yep. Did I leave anything out about the festivities tonight? No, that's. Uh, I think that's that's kind of how I understand it. Uh, you know, it should be a, a really cool thing. Hopefully, uh, you know, the weather holds off and and and, and the game goes fine. Um, but yeah, no, that's a that's a cool thing, a, a unique thing for Florida State. I don't recall that uh, being done here, and to, to honor a guy who is, you know, you said is, is really significant in the history of the university and athletics department, and that you know maybe folks don't really necessarily know a lot about. Uh, it's a good thing to change that. Yeah, it's so so good on FSU. My question related to the team right now, uh, who which you know we're at this point, you know we're at the midseason, and Florida State projects as a national seed according to the folks that look at this, um, and they've won their last several ACC series. 
But there's questions about the pitching and the rotation, and the, the question that's out there now is when will Mike Martin, Mike Bell, and company adjust the rotation? And I know he said it's not coming right now, and I'm just curious. Do you expect that there will be a tweak? Do you expect Andrew Carp to end up in that rotation after he finishes pitching against Florida next week? It wouldn't surprise me. Uh, it's it's a lot harder to do than than I think people make it out to be. You know, I mean, once guys get in a rhythm and, and kind of you know get on their uh, their rotation, it, it can be kind of hard to upset that. Not to say that it can't be done, but you, you know, it it takes more than just a, you know waking up in the morning and, and saying it and snapping your fingers and making it happen. Um, and Andrew Carp's been a pretty valuable guy in, in that midweek uh, in that midweek spot and picking up you know wins that that are important. Um, but no, and he said not not knowing anything other than just uh, just kind of you know looking at it, it wouldn't surprise me uh, if they gave him a try, uh, especially if he pitches well uh, against Jacksonville against Florida, which you know I think we, we probably expect he will. He's done pretty well uh, in those scenarios. areas. Bouncing from sport to sport, men's basketball finishes 18th in the final polls. Is that right on? Is it too high? Too low? Um, probably on the lower side of of right. You know, I think they're pro- that's probably the proper range. Uh, you know, I, I was kind of looking at somewhere around 15. Uh, it was was kind of my thought, uh, but uh, but you know that's that's nothing to sneeze at uh, by any means. And uh, and yeah, I think it kind of generates. You see you see them uh, showing up in a lot of their early top 25. I think the Athletic had them 16th, and Sports Illustrator or somebody I think had them around 23, somewhere in that range maybe. Uh, and so you know, it's it's always good to be kind of in that uh, that conversation. I, you know, Leonard uh, likes to refer to it. I haven't heard him use this phrase a lot recently, but he, you know, he likes to refer to it as being a team of significance. Which you know, you're when people think about the teams that matter in college basketball, you're included in that conversation and, and finishing, you know, finishing in the top 25 polls and being included in the, their early season look-aheads, that sort of thing. Uh, you know, that's how, sort of how you do that. So it's a, definitely a positive step for them. And of course, the women finished what uh, was it, 12th or 11th, fourth straight year in the top 15. Yep, yeah. yep. yep. Let me. I was going to give a shout out to Stan Jones real quick, Tim, while you're on the line. So I sent Stan a congratulatory text, and I was delinquent. I just got it to him yesterday. So he writes back. He says, "You got it. Thanks." People around the country tell me some people actually talk basketball outside of the season. So if you decide to set a precedent and need some hoops entertainment on your show, I'll make myself available. Which, which <laughs> well, I th- yeah, so, so see the next segment. Uh, no, he's not on today, but this is what's beautiful. So I'm reading that to Keith, and then I inadvertently, I was trying to text Peter Warwick, said calling now, and I immediately had to text back because I texted it to Stan. I said, not meant for you. Oops. And he writes, no problem. We're out of season. You were probably texting Odell. <laughs> so I had, to send him another one. I had to send him another one. I said, actually, I was texting Peter Warwick, but sorry. Well, yeah, <laughs> anyway, Stan, we love you, and, and let the record reflect. I hereby commit to have you on the show this summer out of season, and we'll talk basketball. Without question. Tim, I'm a witness. You're, you are a witness. One One final note, because I don't know that many people are aware but the softball team now they're at a conference uh tonight against louisiana who's a top 20 ranked team but in conference fsu has won 35 consecutive acc games and i was just looking at the notes that is tied for the fifth longest streak any conference in ncaa history now they got some heavy lifting to get to the all-time record of 52 but if they go a couple more weekends they're going to be number two i think they need well 44 is number two but they're going to pass some people here point being the softball team just continues to own the acc no it really is uh it's one of the i don't want to say quiet dominance but that's kind of what it is i mean they're they're the the giant in that league the, the, the giant in that conference and it's been that way obviously for a really really long time and you talk about that that streak and as impressive as it is and it really really is i mean 
that's just part of it. I mean, they were they were running off win after win after win. They would lose one here and there before that, but I mean, they were just as dominant uh, before the streak began. Uh, you just you, know, you drop one here and there, but uh, but no, they have been sort of the, the the banner program at the ACC for a long time, and, and it really is quite an accomplishment. And it really, you know, to me speaks to uh, Talani Alameda, the program she's built and the, the culture she's built. And by the way, she, uh, she was a visitor at uh, Florida State's football practice this morning, uh, took it all in, and, and I think really enjoyed uh, what she saw, kind of the same same thing we all talk about, the uh, the energy and the enthusiasm. It, uh, it, it rubs off on people, and, then, and they're, they're finding ways to come over and check it out. Tim, great job as always. We will let you get back at it. Thanks for joining us. You got it, Tom. Our Seminoles.com insider, Tim Linnefeld. We'll remind you, if you're heading to Tallahassee for the SunTrust Spring football game, make sure you're in College Town on Friday night, April 13th, to kick off the weekend with the Friday Night Block Party, presented by the Florida Lottery Bright Future Scholarship Program. For more information on the show, visit Seminoles.com. You can also find Linnefeld on Seminoles.com. Check them out. Some people actually call him Tim or Tim Linnefeld. Keith's on a last name basis with him. He just calls him Linnefeld. What happened to you? I missed you while you were gone. <laughs> I didn't have you here to, to just banter with, so getting it all out of my system. <sighs> More after this. Front Row Knowles on 97.9 ESPN Radio is presented by Hobson Chevrolet of Cairo, Georgia. Get your best deal the Hobson way. Now, back to Tom and Keith. Back on Front Row Knowles, it's been a revolving uh, line there. The uh, phone line today, the Earl Bacon Agency hotline, will fire it up once again. Say hello to the men's tennis coach at Florida State, Dwayne Holtquist. Coach, all your team's doing is run out to a 22-1 and record, 6-0 and in the ACC, number seven in the country. Congratulations to you. Uh, thank you. It's been a fun year. I'll ask you about that momentarily, but picking up where our conversation ended last segment, we had Tim Linnefeld on, and we were talking about the fact that Lonnie Alameda was at football practice today. Bobby Bowden was back at practice today. And as, as I look at your bio, this is your 19th season. And so I'm, I'm, aside from the fact that you can compete, at a very high level, why is it that there's such long tenures of coaches at Florida State? Because it's up and down. You pick the sport. People have been here two decades. It seems like. Yeah, I think I think that's that's right. Uh, Sue Summerell's uh, been there longer than I have, and as as uh, Mike Martin. Um, but uh, you know, I, I don't. I think when you come to a Florida State, you know, you're in a state for tennis that you have uh, great weather, and um, you know, I think we. Uh, have uh, uh, been in a good good situation with the Atlantic Coast Conference now being really the best conference in the country. If you look over the last five years, uh, the national champion has come come out of the ACC. So I think you know you've got a built-in schedule with that. So um, it's it's an exciting time to be in college tennis and and specifically in the ACC right now. I know you're headed to play Virginia Tech in Virginia this weekend, but you're out to a terrific start and in the midst of one of the best seasons in Florida State tennis history. It's a senior-laden team, so that's part of the answer. But did you see it coming to this level, and to what do you uh, – uh, you know, who deserves the credit for the fact the team has done as well as it has thus far? Well, certainly we do have a lot of upperclassmen in there. Um, but, you know, I think the one thing that I really saw with our guys is what they did in the summer. And our guys played a ton of tournaments. Uh, our guys can play uh, entry-level professional tournaments. And, 
Uh, our guys picked up, uh, I think, about 120 ATP points this summer between singles and doubles, and so they were they were progressing in the summer uh, just through uh, their tournament play, and then we've got guys that were very ambitious and want to go and play professionally, and and they have made an effort to just do a lot during the year and, and get better. And uh, we host a futures in the in the fall, and uh, that's been a big success. The last two years, our guys have been in the finals of the, that pro tournament here in town. Well, part of the success, obviously, is facilities and some resources, and uh, Florida State's been committed to that. To I don't, I don't know what the politically correct term is anymore, the Olympic sports or the non-revenue generating, but that, that, the, the Spiker Tennis Center is as good as there is in the country, and, and you had kind of a rededication of that center in the last couple of months. Talk about that just a little bit. Yeah, we sure did, and uh, we uh, uh, had a great ceremony uh, honoring Scott Spiker, and uh, and his life and who he was. And, uh, you know, I think it's, it's neat that, that, uh, really dressed up the front of the facility and, um, you know, Jen Hyde did a lot of work on that as well, but, you know, it's really, uh, made that, uh, entry to the facility very, very nice. And we appreciate the support we had from the veterans, uh, group on campus and, and also the president's, uh, office. They, they really helped in making that, uh, come about, um, so I think that, you know, facilities are always important. There's always things that are happening. And one of the things that we've improved at our facility is the uh, we have like a VIP section. And, um, you know, we had a great crowd when we played Wake Forest uh, uh, a couple weeks ago and uh, pretty much filled the facility. So, you know, it, we really do, uh, much like baseball or basketball, having a great crowd really makes a difference in, in helping us pull off big ups that win. Well, and Wake Forest, for those who don't know, was number one in the country, and that's two out of the last three years that you've beaten the number one team in the country. For those uh, wondering about the schedule, there's two more home matches, North Carolina and Duke. Those are both ranked teams, and that's April 20th and 22nd. I imagine that you're in position to host or optimistic. Well, I, w- I wouldn't think optimistic. I would think you're in position to host first and second round NCAA play this year based on your record. I think so. You know, I think we still have work to do the last three weekends here. And then the ACC tournament, um, we we understand the the probability of moving through uh, by hosting is is a lot higher, and we want to put ourselves in that position and be able to have our fans come out and support us um, in doing so. And uh, so we're in that position now. But uh, those two matches that you mentioned, North Carolina and Duke, that will go a long way in uh, determining that North Carolina is currently sixth in the country and. Uh, that's going to be a huge match for us on Friday night. And then, then we play Duke on Sunday, who's a top 20 team. Well, Coach is literally joining us from the airport. As you can hear in the through, background. Needs to get through security. Uh, Dwayne, as, as the season moves on, uh, we, will, we will try to get you back on again because you're, you're enjoying a terrific year, and uh, we wish you continued success. Thanks for a few minutes on a, on a travel day. All right. Thank you. Safe travels. Coach Dwayne Holdquist, the men's tennis coach here in his 19th year. I just wanted to ask him that question at the start, Keith, because it, you know, Sue Semrau's been here. Lonnie Alameda's been here a decade now. Leonard's been here. Mike Martin's been here. Uh, we're still getting used to the fact that there's actually been two new football coaches in the in the last decade, which is something we're, we're unaccustomed to here. But appreciate a few minutes of his time. I need to mention quickly, and then we'll wrap up, Keith, if you've got a do-it-yourself project that needs to be finished – Say hello to Ron and his staff at Cornerstone Tool and Faster to take care of all your power tool needs. You can call them at 580-1200, online at ctf.nu. If you want to visit them, 1110 Stuckey Avenue and 3269 
Crawfordville Highway. Also, remind you of your uh, anticipating attending the spring football game a week from Saturday. Encourage you to go ahead and get your tickets up front. Buy your tickets in advance, especially those of us that are in Tallahassee that are planning on going. Don't wait till the last minute. Don't show up Saturday morning. Uh, we're going to be some long lines because they're expecting a big crowd. And uh, don't forget the concert. Don't forget the. Uh, um, flag football game at halftime, which, by the way, uh, as Coach uh, Coach as Tim Linnefelt, not Coach Linnefelt, we can but call Tim, him Coach. As Coach was telling us last week, uh, you're not going to get shortchanged on the flag football game this year. They're going to play a full 15 minutes, which might be about seven minutes too long for most of them. It depends. <laughs> to be fair, the asterisk there is it depends on the state of everybody's hamstrings. I, I agree. Peter Wark, though, who joined us earlier, did mention, if you missed that portion of the program, that uh, guys he knows coming back. Snoop Menace is coming back. Got a lot of guys he played with. Lavernius Coles. You know, there was a period, a long period, where Lavernius Coles sort of disassociated himself with FSU. That ended a couple years ago. I saw him on the sideline a couple years ago. Uh, but Peter mentioned that uh, Lavernius is coming back. Travis Miner coming back. I don't recall seeing Travis back. Not to say he hasn't been. I don't recall seeing him back uh, in a while. And he mentioned Talman Gardner, too, who's from New Orleans and obviously former receiver at FSU. There are going to be a lot of guys back. Uh, over 100 are registered because uh, Coach Taggart has reached out to all of us, even us old guys that have no intentions of playing. Uh, he calls them the uh, football alumni and uh, has a specific uh, website, specific uh, events scheduled. There's going to be a golf tournament uh, for those folks and a, and a dinner for, for past uh, letter winners and players. And, uh, and he's uh, really dedicated some time and effort to reaching back out to the former folks. I asked Tim the question, and maybe you answered it with your post-national championship game locker room answer, but what's your favorite Peter Work memory? Uh, my, my favorite memory is I was uh, – Paul and I were in the stands for the game because we weren't allowed to broadcast the game. So we worked our way down in the fourth quarter, and each one of us had a camera operator with us. And as soon as the game was over, we were out on the field interviewing players. And our mutual good friend, Keith Cottrell, the punter, he wasn't getting any love from anybody. And Cotty turns around, and I'm standing there, and he grabs me and gives me a bear hug and is just screaming in my ear – uh, I don't think that particular part of the tape made the final cut in terms of the show, but it reminded me, because that, that's 10 years removed from when I, when I was there, uh, 20 years removed almost uh, from when I was there, and it reminded me of the absolute joy and jubilation of playing college football. There's your punter who who is unbelievably excited about a national championship and everybody else included. I've told Keith many a time, and by the way, congratulations to he and his bride. They just had twins uh, a couple of weeks ago. Keith has the best job you can ever get. He was the punter on a team that played in the national championship game three times during his four-year career, which is to say you didn't have to punt a whole heck of a lot. That's a pretty good gig. Well, sometime we'll have him come on and tell us about his first punt against at USC as a freshman. And uh, he can relive that story. We'll have to air that. <laughs> that show will have to air later in the evening. It might be rated is what you're saying? It might be. <laughs> we are out of time. It was, uh, at least we had fun. I hope you guys did too. We do this each and every week at uh, 6 o'clock. Lord willing, we'll do it again next week. He's Keith. I'm Tom. Thanks for joining us on Front Row Knowles. Good night.